Good evening, everyone. Uh oh. That's always a good thing. We'll see what happens. Last week, if you were here, uh, we taught, we did our first weekend on stewardship. And we started talking about time and talent. And tonight we're going to continue that, and we're going to continue talking about stewardship and moving into treasure. Uh, and if you were here, you'll remember, what does that word mean? Uh, I, I mentioned last week, I used to hate the word stewardship because I thought it was a passive-aggressive word invented to ask for money when you didn't want to say the word money. Uh, but that's not what it is. Someone is a steward when they're put in charge of something that isn't theirs. That's what a steward is. In Christian stewardship, the, that concept is all over the New Testament. And the basic idea of Christian stewardship is that the things you and I usually think of as belonging to us, at their root, really belong to God. Right? The, of course, we work hard for our money, and many of us have worked hard over our lives to become the people we are, to develop our character, our virtues. But the God gave you everything. He gave you life. He gave you the ability to work hard. He gave you the desire for things like excellence, truth, goodness, and beauty. So that, that's what stewardship is. If you had to kind of put it in one line, that's basically what that word means. One of my favorite things to tell people, and I'm sure you've heard me say it, is that repetition is the mother of learning. If you want to learn something, all you have to do is repeat it enough, and you'll learn it. If you want to learn a foreign language, you just have to be around it enough and you'll start picking it up. You know, it's like my friend, Father Mike Rapp. What does he do when he goes to foreign countries? He goes and hangs out with people and learns all the swear words first. That's what you always learn when you go to a foreign country. And slowly, bit by bit, you pick it up. Repetition teaches us. And this, by the way, this is why music is so important. And TV and all those things. So oftentimes we think, oh, that doesn't affect me. If you repeat it enough, it will affect you. Uh, one of my favorite stories, I remember this, I was in the middle of the homily this morning, and I just remembered this story, it was crazy. When I was a kid, I collected baseball cards. And when you have brothers, what you want to do is you want to stick it to your brother. That's the rule of brotherhood. And so I always wanted to be better than my brother, Sean. And so, when I was a little kid, I don't know how old I was, like seven or eight maybe, I told my brother Sean, and we were big Cubs fans, that I had a Ryan Sandberg rookie card, who is a, their second baseman. And I really didn't, but I just wanted Sean to be jealous. Well, I told him that so many times, I actually started to believe that I had a Ryan Sandberg rookie card. And my parents moved when I was like 13, 
And I remember tearing through the house endlessly, searching for my Ryan Sandberg rookie baseball card. It literally took me about a week before I realized, oh yeah, that was a lie. <laughs> Repetition is so important. It's so powerful. And so we have to be so careful what comes into our souls. And the reason I bring that up is, brothers and sisters, our culture sends us a message every single day. And if you have your radio on in the car, and if you're listening to TV, if you're watching TV, if you're around people who aren't Christians, you probably hear this message at least a hundred times a day. But you're so used to it, you might not even notice. And the message is something like, the key to happiness is to get ahead. It's to get more stuff. It's to have a bigger bank account. It's to be number one. James and John today, they ask, they ask our Lord, they say, Lord, when you come into your kingly power, right? When you go through your coronation, you're made king, let us have the best spots in the kingdom. And don't we all think that way? You know when you drive through a nice neighborhood and you're looking at the houses and you're like, oh yeah, I'll be there in a few years. <laughs> my favorite instance of this was when I was in college, my accounting professor, or actually he was a finance professor, he used to tell us every class, he would say, with the tools we've given you in this finance class, all of you should be millionaires by the time you're 40. And I am 35 right now, I'm that close. <laughs> Almost there. Brothers and sisters, the world tells us that. We see people around us with nicer things than us. Uh, we see people getting ahead. And we think what it means to be happy is to be successful. And I have a very simple message for you tonight. And all I want to tell you tonight is that that is not what Jesus Christ teaches us. That's it. Very simply. And you might know that up here. All of us, I think, do. We know that the key to happiness is not wealth. It's not getting ahead. It's not having more. But the mother of repetition is learning. And you hear that message every day. And if you're going to be a Christian... You have to fight against that. You have to intentionally plan in your life of how you're going to hear the truth, what you're going to do to combat the lies that the culture tells you. So tonight we're talking about stewardship of, of treasure, of money. And there's a lot we could say about it. You know... Is part of it that we need to further the church's mission? Absolutely. You bet it is. And brothers and sisters, you who are here at Mass tonight with me, you are on mission with me. This parish is not my mission. This parish is our mission. 
And can you imagine the incredible things we can do together if all of us are on board? It would be amazing. By the way, I'm, I, I'm all, just like everybody else, I'm always flattered by my own vanity, when people flatter my vanity. And people are talking about Lord's. Do you know this? People are talking about it. I hear every week people tell me, someone's telling me I have to start coming to Our Lady of Lords. You and I are on mission together to bring the gospel to this world. But that is not the primary reason that you should surrender your finances to God. It's a good reason. It's not the first reason. The primary reason is because your money, very plain and simply, if you start to love it, which is normal and natural, right? And you pull out your $20 bill before you go to bed at night, you smell and you say, I love you. (laughs) If you do that, I'll be in confession all week. Well, actually, I won't be. That's normal. It's normal for us to desire more. But it's not Christian. The world tells you that fulfillment and happiness is having more. It's getting ahead. It's that my retirement is paid for. It's that I, can, I have so much money I can pay for all of my kids to go to college and my grandkids. And I've got three new cars. Whatever. What does Jesus Christ say? He says, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give His life as a ransom for many. He says, He who desires to be first will be last. And he who would be the head of all will become the slave to all. Brothers and sisters, we don't recognize this all the time. We live in a culture that has a profoundly different message than the one we hear from God. God tells us, do you want to be happy? Do you want happiness that's not just going to last for a couple of years or a couple of moments? Do you want a happiness that endures through thick and thin? Surrender your life to God. Even when it hurts. And you will find joy. There's so many things I want to say about this. Uh, But maybe tonight as we kind of draw near, and I just want to say something. It's so easy. There's always a reason not to, isn't there? We always have a legitimate reason not to be generous to God and to the church. Well, once I get that raised next year, whenever our business manager is up here, Val, whenever we have finance problems in the church, I always say, Val, I'll take care of it. I'm getting a raise. Like, what am I up to now? Like 22,000? Something like that. Um, There's always a reason not to give. We can always find one. But at the end of my life, what do I want to do? What do I want to say about my own life? What do I hope my life accomplished? Just that I gave myself away. Those are the best people, aren't they? When you go to funerals and you hear about someone who they say, you know, he or she, they love their family, they love God so much that they didn't spend their life on themselves. They gave it away because they loved. 
Generosity is a natural outflow of a person who has faith. One more thing I want to say about that, and really two more points, but what, does it really matter? <laughs> we can go get a drink, all of us, afterwards, and it'll be fun. Fear of the future is what keeps us from being generous today. Fear of the future keeps us from being generous in the present. But you, if you're here tonight, you're a person of faith. And fear is opposed to faith. Fear and faith are opposites. The person who has faith, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean you can just be foolish about it. But a person of faith knows that they don't have to fear because they belong to God. Last point tonight I just want to close with. Many of you know it, and I know a lot of you know it, but it's worth thinking about again. The last prophet of the Old Testament is the prophet Malachi. And I just want to encourage you. You know, some of you are probably called to give everything you have, like we heard last week, to give everything you have, give it to the poor, and go follow Jesus. Some of you are called to do that. I'm convinced of that. Most of you are not. So what do we do if we're not called to that? Brothers and sisters, you're called to tithe. What does tithing mean? Tithing means the first 10% of our income goes back to God in gratitude. And many of you know this prophecy from the prophet Malachi chapter 3. Through the prophet, God says this. He says, Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how are we robbing you? In your tithes and offerings. Bring the full tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you, and pour out for you an overflowing blessing. If you know the scripture, you know that one of the cardinal rules in all of scripture is you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. That's a big one. You and I don't test God. Jesus quotes that in Matthew 4 when Satan is tempting him. He responds to him. He says, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. The only time in scripture there's an exception, exception to that rule is with finances. It's the only time in all of Scripture where we're told that we actually should put God to the test. It's Malachi 3. And he says, you know what? You don't believe me that I'm going to bless you if you're generous with me? He says, test me on this one. And see if I will not open the windows of heaven to bless you. Now, real quick, caveat. If you go home and tell your family and your roommates, Father Brian said that if we tithe, we'll be millionaires, I will find out and I will bust you. Okay? I did not say that. God says He'll bless you. That doesn't necessarily mean financially. You and I do not believe in a health and wealth gospel. We don't believe in that. That's not biblical. Jesus never says that. Jesus says, pick up your cross and follow me. But he does say, I'll bless you. And all I can tell you, brothers and sisters, 
is that I have experienced that. I have not grown wealthy, but 15 years ago I started tithing. And it took away my anxiety about money, not 100%, but very much so. It helped me to grow in faith, not 100%, but very much so. It freed me from an idol and a fear in my life. So tonight, as we go into the Eucharist, brothers and sisters, just recognize that the world has a profoundly different view than Jesus does. Next weekend, we're going to have a commitment weekend at Lourdes. And I'm going to ask you to commit financially to supporting the parish. Please pray about that this week. Please look at your finances. Pray about what God is asking you to do. And be prepared for that next week. But Jesus, Lord, give us faith. Free us from all idols. Lord, give us that confidence and that boldness. Help us to be bold that when we give our lives to you, we will find true life and true blessing. Let us now stand and profess our faith. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in 